Welcome to Hunt Harvest Health Podcast with your host, Ryan Lampers, a.k.a. The Stealthy Hunter. Howdy. And myself, Dr. Hillary Lampers, where we share our love for ancestral living and the health topics of the modern age. Ryan is the well-rounded bearded brawn of Hunt Harvest Health. His knowledge of backcountry adventure, western hunting, and our household status as garden guru and super dad really defines our gut stealthy lifestyle. Doc Hillary is definitely the brains and beauty behind all of this. She kind of makes everything happen as I have zero technical skills. Hill is just a wealth of knowledge in all things medicine and nutrition, which not only keep our family healthy, but they help me stay strong in all my mountain adventures. You can follow us at huntharvesthealth.com, Instagram, and Facebook for more podcasts, recipes, and stories. All right, let's do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hunt Harvest Health Podcast. This is Dr. Hillary. Thanks for being here. It is the week of Halloween. It is currently about 12 degrees outside at our house, and the wind is blowing. I think winter is actually here for good at this point. Uh, Ryan is still gone. He is in the backcountry hunting for mule deer with Gritty, James Sylvester, and uh, Mike Munsell from High Intensity Health Podcast. Um, He's been gone, oh gosh, over a week and he'll probably be gone. I don't know. I don't actually know how long he's ever going to be gone. He comes home when he comes home. Um, and usually that means he doesn't come home until he has an animal. So hopefully they're surviving out there. The weather's been brutal. I've also been looking on Instagram. So many about you out there have been successful on your hunts this season. And it's fun to see um, the harvest that everybody's getting and then to be tagged and stuff. And to be a part of that with you. So thank you um, for including us in on that. Um, Today's podcast, I recorded quite a while ago, actually, I recorded in July. And it's with a friend of mine, Dr. Jake Bull. He's a chiropractor here in Pozo, Montana. He's from Iowa. He's a college football star um, who had a really unhealthy lifestyle, changed his lifestyle. uh, And became a chiropractor. And I really liked his story. And so I thought it would be fun to do a podcast with him. The other reason is that there's a lot of personal interest in this for me and where I come from in medicine, but it really started in structural medicine. And even though I'm a naturopath and I'm not a chiropractor, I was trained in quite a few chiropractic modalities. And I spent, I've spent over the, the last two decades pretty much doing a treatment called NCR, which is a structural therapy that was originally a chiropractic therapy um, to help people with chronic pain, headaches, head traumas, um, breathing disorders, and a number of other conditions. And so a lot of my initial love for naturopathic medicine and even chiropractic um, comes from, from doing that modality and having had great experience it with it in my life as well. The other side of it is that I have some personal family history uh, that goes way back. Uh, My great-grandfather on my father's side was a chiropractor, and he was one of the few first chiropractors in Texas. In the early 1900s, he read an article in a magazine about how chiropractic was curing people of their chronic pain. A little bit of backstory on my great-grandfather. He was the 10th child of dirt farmers in Oklahoma. Um, Basically, he lived in an earthen, my dad tells the story where he lived in an earthen dugout with his nine siblings, two parents, and I think they had another family of five that lived in there as well like lived in the ground, um, dirt floors and everything for two years. So he came from a lot of poverty and his dad was a farmer. And you can imagine being a farmer back in those days. It was was pretty brutal. The dust, um, this is pre-dust bowl, but Western Oklahoma was kind of a, was a rough place. Um, as far as weather, et cetera, the extremes, et cetera. And 
farming was a very hard job back then. There was no um, equipment that they have today. Farmers were using their bodies a lot. And so he would have been my great, great grandfather. He died at the age, I think, 52. Um, when my great grandfather, my great grandfather was just, I want to say he was 16 when his dad died and his dad died of basically, I, I think he maybe had rheumatoid arthritis or he had some sort of possibly autoimmune condition just by the sounds of it. But he had, he lived with chronic pain and he lived with debilitating chronic pain, um, to the point of where this actually is what killed him. And so my great grandfather witnessed this. And when he read this article in this paper about how chiropractic could help to help people with chronic pain, he wrote a letter to BJ Palmer, who was at the time, I believe he was running the chiropractic school, um, in, in Indiana. Um, and it's the same school that Dr. Jake Bull went to in Davenport, Iowa. And he said that he wanted to do this and that he had no money. He got a letter back from the school and they said that if he could find a way to get there, that they would give him a scholarship to go to school. So my great grandfather, I think at age 18, rode his bike from Texas, from Western Oklahoma to Iowa, which is where the school is at. Rode his bike, not his motorbike, like his street bike. And I'm not quite sure how long it took him, but it took him a long time. He got there, he finished school, and then kind of the rest is history. He um, unfortunately was never able to make a living out of being a chiropractor. He sold trees during the day. He was also a farmer, I guess. And he did chiropractic at night. And as he got older, he did chiropractic in his home. And I remember as a young child, he died when I was 12. But I remember going to his house, laying on his big chiropractic table and having him massage us and work on us and adjust us. And he was in his 80s, 70s and 80s um, when he was doing this. And so, um, yeah, I think that understanding and learning about your family history like that, like I have with my great grandfather, it makes it very intriguing to know, you know, what, what are the reasons people do things? And so for my great grandfather, it was to stop suffering, uh, to, to stop suffering that his father had lived with and not to have other families endure that. And so that really became his mission throughout his entire life. You know, everybody in the family called him doc, which is really interesting because a lot of people call me doc. And so I feel like his legacy lives on in me. And I feel really proud about that, even though I'm not a chiropractor per se. I also know that there's a lot of stuff out there about chiropractors are quacks, quack chiropractors aren't real doctors. And I just want to put out on the table right now. I think that's kind of a bunch of malarkey. Been around this profession a long time. And yes, in every every single medical professional, you're going to get people who aren't doing things right, or they screw people up or whatever. But um, I would say that chiropractic has probably helped tens of millions of people more than it's hurt. And so um, that's a fun personal backstory on me. Uh, The other thing is, is that I have throughout my life kind of suffered with chronic pain and especially in the last two years. Uh, I think it's just being older and having had children later in life. uh, My body just, and probably the amount of stress I've put on my body through activity as well as injuries from activities as well as school and work and et cetera. Um, It's been sort of hard on me. And so I went to see Dr. Bull as a patient because I was having a lot of low back and hip pain that was quite chronic and was causing me a lot of problems. One of them being not really being able to exercise very much, which as I preach to my patients, movement is one of the pillars that's a necessity in life, especially to keep us healthy, to decrease stress, to manage stress, as well as to keep our heart healthy, our bones, our muscles, all that. And so I went and saw him and the last year having moved to Montana, I really decided to dedicate a lot more deeper thinking about my health. Um, I would say I used to do a lot more self-care before I had children, and that's just probably a financial 
something, I had more money to do that and more time. I mean, time is a luxury. Um, free time is a luxury when you're a parent. And so I think that was probably a lot of it. But I do know that this last year has kind of added a lot of things to my plate. And I probably have to thank the Hunt Harvest Health podcast community and the amazing doctors and people that I've talked to on here. Um, just helping me to do more self-care because I was learning and learning from other people is for me stimulating and motivates me to um, not only take care of others, but to take care of myself. And so in the last year, I started doing a number of things. One is I started doing hormones. Now, I mean, I'm not menopausal, so I don't take estrogens or anything like that, but I started taking testosterone. And if you listen to this podcast, we did a podcast with Dr. Witty on this, Women in Testosterone, and um, you can go back and listen to that. He actually goes through my labs and we talk about what he thinks I should have done. This was uh, a year ago, January, so this would have been almost a year ago this January. You can listen to that. So I started doing testosterone in January. Um, I also, in February, I started taking the Bent Herbalist CBD products. And I've done a number of podcasts with Matt Kleeman, who is the developer of the Bent Herbalist um, products, who's worked with hundreds and hundreds of people related to pain, anxiety, cancer, you name it, helping them to understand how cannabis can help them with many different disorders. So I, I started, I started taking that pretty regularly. Um, and those two things along with trying to just get more sleep, which is a big issue in my life. Um, those are the three things I kind of started with. We had a brutal winter last year. It was like 40 below for what seemed like a month. And we had a lot of snow. It was super cold. And that's a really hard time for people, especially if they have chronic pain. And so you find it's harder to exercise. It's harder to get outside. You're not getting as much vitamin D, which is a hormone regulator. Um, and so your thyroid might also be affected and your sex hormones are affected and et cetera. And so I found that I was having a lot more pain in the winter and slowly as the spring came, um, I continued on the testosterone and the CBD. Um, and then I started doing thyroid support. I did thyroid support for two to three months to improve my thyroid status. And then I couldn't really get my thyroid to hundred percent cooperate. And so I started taking a very small dose of thyroid hormone, um, which within a couple of weeks made a huge difference in my ability to get out of bed in the morning, the energy and decreasing brain fog or anything that I had like that, that helped a ton. And so I started doing that as well. Um, but I was still having this sort of left-sided nagging low back and hip pain. And I had a patient come in to me and she had had really excruciating back pain. And she told me she went and saw Dr. Bull and he just adjusted her upper cervical and it was super gentle. And within a week, her low back pain was gone. Her low back pain was so bad. She was literally in the ER. There's nothing they could do for her because they couldn't find anything wrong with it, quote unquote. And so they just put her on painkillers and muscle relaxants and sent her home. So I thought, well, maybe I should go see Dr. Bull because I'd met him um, through Dr. Bacon, who I work for. They're friends and they were bird hunting. And so we met kind of short term when we had the puppies and he was a bird hunter. And at that time, I didn't know who he was, but I had met him. And so he'll talk about more about that in this podcast. But then I went and saw him and he took a cone CT of my neck and he could see all kinds of things that were going on with my neck. Um, in 2004, I had a very severe mountain bike accident where I was thrown from the bike and I had like a head trauma and cervical trauma basically. And since then, um, one of my main symptoms has been on and off dizziness and vertigo. And there's certain activities that just turn it on, um, like lifting certain things in a wrong way, etc. And so um, working too much, being overly stressed is that kind of very neurogenic it would just come on. And so he could see maybe why I was having that from this cone CT, which he's going to talk about in the podcast as well. So I started seeing him and getting treatment. And it was like once a week, I was maybe going twice a week for a couple of weeks. And then I went like once a week and then he would check me sometimes and be like, you don't need treatment. 
which is so weird, right? You don't need treatment. And so, but I continuously kept getting better. And then he um, has a technique that we don't talk about on the podcast, but it's called dry needling. And so he started incorporating some dry needling right into the area of my back and my hip where I was having problems. And that just like changed the game. And so adding in his treatment, the dry needling, and then doing the hormones, doing the CBD. And then I started doing some strategic supplementation. So I was doing methylated B vitamins, uh, high quality fish oil, uh, vitamin D, 10,000 I use a day because I am, I have what's called the VDR receptor SNP. So my vitamin D receptors do not attach vitamin D very well. It's kind of the simple way to put it. And so I kind of need to be on high dose vitamin D, um, even to get a small dose to attach to my receptors. So I was low in vitamin D started taking vitamin D as well. Um, and then some other products to help with hormone synthesis and stuff. And once I started doing that and then spring came and I just started feeling so much more vibrant, I'd wake up like five o'clock in the morning, my eyes would just pop open. And I decided I was going to start exercising again. And so I started running. I know that sounds crazy because I'm not a runner, but I literally would wake up and I would go outside. It was gorgeous outside where we live in the mornings. And I would just like, I started walking fast and then I would jog. And then within a week or two, I was like running two miles in the morning. And then in May, I decided to join a race across the street from my house. And I did a 14 K trail run which was unheard of for me. And I had no hip pain. Um, that was so liberating for me because January or February before that, I couldn't even literally walk the mile, two mile loop here at my house. I couldn't walk it and without having horrible pain for like two or three days. And so I just started getting better and better and feeling great. And so this is when I said to Dr. Jake, I was like, I really want to talk to you about what you do. So maybe other people will get benefit from it. But I also wanted to talk about the other things that I'm doing to improve it. Now I've added in some massage. Um, I'm going to start doing that more regularly. I think that's really important. Um, and then I'm going to be adding in more strength training and conditioning. The other thing I think that's vital is diet, you know, it's the foundation of everything. And so I will admit sometimes my diet's not great because of stress and I tend to be somebody who doesn't eat a whole lot. So if you know keto, you know autophagy, you know feeding windows, intermittent fasting, I actually tend to do that a lot <laughs> and probably sometimes more than I should because I do have blood sugar dysregulation. It gets too low. And so sometimes I'm not eating enough calories based on the amount of stress that I have and what I'm burning. And so I'm trying to add in more good, healthy calories and yes, eat more meat and organ meats. So if you've done any research on the carnivore diet or all this, you know, organ meats are rich in B vitamins. They have so many immune boosters in them. And this is why our ancestors used to eat a lot of organ meats. And I think I'll do a food Friday just on organ meats, but it's, they're super beneficial. We don't eat them enough in our diet. So if I couldn't eat organ meats, I have some supplements um, where I actually bought liver um, and bone marrow and I was taking those supplements. So liver, bone marrow, um, colostrum, all the immune builders to just help me um, with, with getting those high dense nutrients in and then eating more meat. I have to tell you guys, mm, Ryan's a great hunter, but I don't really like to eat a lot of meat. So in the winter, it's difficult because we don't have a lot, especially here in Montana. Oh my gosh, we don't have a whole ton of fresh vegetables. So we do a lot of stews and that kind of stuff. And I've had a difficult time like eating meat in the morning and all that, but I've gotten better at it. And what I've discovered is I just take a chunk of elk. I put it in the slow cooker all day in some water and maybe a little bit of spices in there. And, um, I let it cook all day. And then at night I just chunk, get a chunk of that off. And for the next couple of days, that's what we eat. The kids eat it. They love it. It's easy. Um, and then we drink the broth. And so I think doing more of that has been really beneficial for me. I will say that I have ups and downs. And so I don't have some days, times I have weeks, which are great. And then sometimes I have weeks where I have some chronic pain. And so that's where I have to kind of assess my lifestyle. What am I doing? What are my hormones doing? Um, am I 
eating too much of something I'm not supposed to? Am I eating too much sugar? Am I not getting enough, enough activity? So these are all really important questions when you deal with chronic pain. And chronic pain is a vicious cycle. So if your hormones are low, like testosterone, um, testosterone by, uh, receptors are... Um, they, you need testosterone for our natural endorphin-like and pain-relieving chemicals in our body to attach to receptors. So if you're testosterone deficient, you may have more chronic pain because you don't have enough to help you bind your own natural painkiller, painkiller, um, chemicals in your body. If your thyroid's low, you might have more chronic pain because thyroid is a metabolic driver and it not having enough thyroid hormone or having um, inadequate amounts of certain types, you can have more chronic pain. Um, and not getting enough sleep. Let me stress this. As you get older, I would say sleep is number one. So I've realized if I get a bad night of sleep, which can be quite consistently because I don't sleep well, I'm a light sleeper. Ryan, I could just tell him to fall asleep on the floor, concrete floor. He would sleep. He would stay asleep all night and he could only sleep four hours, get up and be totally regenerated. I cannot sleep like that. And what I found is that the nights that I did not sleep or I got played musical beds with my kids or a kid was sick or the dog was up all night or whatever the millions of reasons are, um, I went to bed too late. Uh, I ate a huge meal before bed. I was on my phone before bed. Uh, I was on my computer working before bed. Um, I would wake up with horrible pain and the pain was always worse. The nights where I got a full night of sleep, where I went deep into REM sleep, I, I downloaded an app on my phone because I needed help with this. And I just needed to see what I was doing during the night. And the nights where I would get deep REM sleep um, and not wake up very often the next day my pain would be literally 90% better. And so I cannot stress sleep enough with patients. And this comes back to hormones as well. So if your hormonal system is screwed up, you're not going to get into deep sleep and you need deep sleep to make more hormones. If you've got chronic pain and you can't exercise, exercise helps you produce things like growth hormone and testosterone and estrogen and other pain relieving chemicals in the body. And if you don't exercise enough, you're probably not sleeping enough. And therefore at night, you're not creating enough hormone. And so you also need to be moving, which is a really downside for people, especially with like knee pain, hip pain, back pain, um, can be very debilitating. And so it's a, it's all works together. And I always like to stress that with my patients, but sleep hygiene, I'm coming to find out as I get older is very important. Um, I also got one of these juve lights. Our friend Mike had one and I stood in front of it at his house and I was like, Whoa, just two minutes. I was like, okay. And he said he naturally increased his testosterone by hundreds of points just by standing in front of this thing for 90 days. So I got a small one to travel once I could take it with me when I travel. And I, try to stand and sit in front of it for at least 10 minutes, if not 20 minutes a day. When I take a bath, it's on in the bath. Like it's not in my bath, but it's like on the side when I'm getting ready in the morning in my bathroom, it's on. Um, when I'm sitting at my computer, sometimes I just turn it on and have it bathing me. If I'm tired and I just want to take a break, I just lay down and put it on, close my eyes and relax. Um, that red light, and we can have a whole podcast on red light, but that's really beneficial too for hormones, for sleep, for all of that. Um, and then stress management, like if you can't keep your stress hormones under control, you're going to have more pain. Cortisol increases pain. Um, it, it, it's great for getting you up, getting you moving, getting you going, getting you to run from the bear, etc. But that and catecholamines like adrenaline and all these, once they wear off, you can have more pain. So I think that I've been burning the candle at both ends for many, many years, and I really wanted to move to Montana to have more of a lifestyle where I could enjoy the great outdoors. I could move more. I could be with Ryan more and doing what he loves to do and what we used to love to do together as my children get older. Um, I want to be active and I don't want to age. <laughs> That's really what I'm trying to slow down. And so 
chronic pain can be a big problem. And so I just, I just wanted to share a little bit about that because I think sometimes people get this idea that like Ryan and I have it all together and everything's perfect and there's no perfect here. Um, this is all trial and error. This is all trying to figure it out. This is taking personal responsibility for our health. Um, this is having days of total frustration and saying, you know, how can I be talking to you guys, telling you what to do with your health when I'm curled up in a ball in pain? Um, you know, we're all, we're all going to have days like that. And I just wanted to be more real with you. And I think this was a great way to just introduce the idea that if you are in pain, if you are having sleep disorder, if you are, um, Oh my gosh, if you're gaining weight and you can't lose it, if you're like depressed and, you know, and you're getting older, you're in your forties, you're in your fifties, um, your body changes, your hormones changes. And this is for both men and women. Um, the pillars of life become really important. So the four pillars that I always think of are diet, movement, sleep, and relationships. Um, and I, we are going to, I'm going to do a podcast more on these four pillars, helping you kind of break them down, but really, really important. And that fourth pillar, good relationships. If you don't have good relationships, the other three are going to suffer because you're going to be stressed. You're going to have excess stress hormones. And no matter what you do and what hormones you take and whatever, if you come home every day to a stressful relationship, um, that's not loving and kind and doesn't give back to you and you can't give to, um, it's going to be very hard for you to be healthy. So, you know, we all have our struggles and I just wanted to share a little bit about my own and, you know, my own personal family history with chiropractic. And, and I think that what Dr. Jake is doing is phenomenal. If you're in Bozeman, look him up, pursue wellness chiropractic. Um, he's just a fun guy to talk to. He loves to talk about hunting. He loves to talk about bird hunting. He's got bird dogs. Um, and he loves the Western lifestyle, having come from the Midwest. So I love to support people that are doing great things that are helping people feel better. And um, I hope this intro wasn't too long and boring and you all got something out of it, but okay. So enjoy this podcast with Dr. Jake Bull. Story about meeting you for the first time was, uh, we, I'd went hunting, hunting, we, bird hunting with, uh, my buddy Colin and then Devin and Bronwyn, Dr. Bacon. And, uh, he's like, Hey, I'm going to go, do you mind if we go look at a puppy? I think we're going to grab a puppy. And so we went to your guy's place and he's like, Oh, these are the lampers. He's a big hunter and they have a podcast and stuff. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. And then we met you guys and saw the puppies and your husband wasn't there, but your oldest daughter, what, what's her name? Paley. Paley's she's chatty and you're like, Oh, she's showing off the guests. But, uh, she was, she was, she was telling me about her dad and how he, I think he, she was telling me a story about how he like repelled down to get a bear and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, either this guy is really, really hardcore or this girl is exaggerating. I'm not really sure what's going on. Um, and that was kind of the end of it. And then we talked with, uh, I've talked with Dr. Bacon a lot and I had the opportunity to come and talk to you guys, which was really cool. Um, at, at your guys' office and explain a little bit about what I do. And then you came in and we started working together a little bit. And I, the, I just kept hearing like lampers, lampers. And then I was watching a YouTube series on bear hunting. And I was like, wait a minute, lampers, lampers, like, oh my gosh, this long haired bearded guy. I know and now I'm putting it together. And I remember hearing about you guys on, um, the gritty Bowman and the, this really hardcore, um, athlete like just running up and down mountains because he won he won the competition train to hunt thing well yeah he's he's been at the top yep yep so no i remember i was like oh my gosh i've had so many interactions with these people and i knew that like i knew about them and they never put it together so that was that was really interesting cool and then it turns out your daughter wasn't exaggerating at all your husband's (laughs) (laughs) just a wild man but um no so i grew up i grew up in small town iowa um i we I was always into bird hunting. We always had labs and we'd bird hunt and I never got into big game hunting at all. It's, it's, it was shotgun. I never did much archery and I just didn't really like going out and hunting with a shotgun, like a couple weekends a year for deer and stuff like that. And I was always way more into sports. Um, so I was 
all the sports through high school. And then I actually got a scholarship to play football at the University of Northern Iowa. Um, and now being from small town Iowa, it's meat and potatoes. Potatoes are a vegetable. So if if that – and like if potatoes are a vegetable, French fries are a vegetable, you know. So I was, I was always a bigger kid and I went and played football in college as an offensive lineman. So um, – I, my heaviest in college was, I was 310 pounds. Um, yeah. So that was, that was, that was a lot of work to be that heavy. I was eating all the time. Um, just until I, and you have to play mind games with yourself. Like you grab two pieces of pizza and you don't eat the crust because then you're in your brain, you don't feel like you finished it. So you have another piece of pizza. And so just like shoving food down to, yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was, and it was, it was wild. It was wild. Um, but we never grew up. If if you were hurt, you grit your teeth, or you went to a doctor and took a pill for something, right? We never, never were chiropractic inclined. Never kind of alternative healthcare type stuff. And I was always along that paradigm until uh, I believe it was my junior. I think it was probably my sophomore year in college. We were working out, and I hurt my back coming up from a squat. And uh, I was like, oh, this is horrible. I don't know what's going on. Um, and one of our athletic trainers said, we have a team chiropractor. If you want to, um, if you want to go see him, you, you can go check him out. And I was like, yeah, right. Chiropractor. I'm not letting one of those hippie weirdos touch me. Right. Um, so I went home and just iced and stretched and it got to the point where I couldn't get up off the ground. Like I was just laying on the ground. I'm like, I, I can't move. Um, so I called our trainer. I was like, I'll do anything. I'll go see this chiropractor, whatever you want to do. And it was to the point, like, I thought my career was done. I thought I was having surgery. I didn't, there's, this was very, very painful to the point that I couldn't function. Um, and I went in and this guy took x-rays on me. He showed me all these weird things. I didn't care about any of it. I was like, dude, just make me better. And, uh, he adjusted me and it was the craziest thing. And I went, I was 80% better just like that. It was amazing. Um, and I'd gone into, I'd gone to school. I wanted to do something in the medical profession. I was looking at being a veterinarian, physician's assistant, physical therapy, stuff like that. Never thought about being a chiropractor. Um, but I went back, the guy adjusted me a couple more times and I was within a week, I was back actually working out with the team, no problems, no restrictions, no nothing. And it was like, Oh my gosh, this guy did this for me with, no surgery, no medications. He used his hands and gave me my life back essentially. You know, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't operate. I couldn't move. I couldn't walk. I couldn't exercise. I thought, I thought I was done. And within two visits there, I was back. You know what I mean? So there was, there's something really appealing to be able to do that. So I kept, I kept seeing him. I kept going, or I was able to finish out my career and I was like, I need to do something. Um, and so I applied to Palmer college of chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa. And I got in there and I, uh, I went in with a really open mind and I went in, I was still very skeptical of chiropractic to where I didn't want to just do things because people told me that's why or how it works. I wanted to discover what was going on and the reasons behind it and how it worked. Um, and I went in really open-minded, which I really, really appreciate because a lot of kids go into chiropractic school and like, oh, this is the only thing to do. This is the only technique. This is the only, and I didn't do that. I, I went eyes wide open. I wanted to consume as much as I could about different things to figure it out. Um, so that that's kind of what the kind of chiropractic I do, it's called uh, upper cervical chiropractic. So your upper neck, um, and just with all of my experiences through school, that was really the first thing, the, the type of technique that grabbed at me and it, it made the most sense. It, I saw a lot of amazing kind of unbelievable results with it. Um, and like you said, it doesn't seem like I do anything. The, the upper cervical technique, um, that is honestly, it's, that's what BJ taught. That was where chiropractic started. That was the only thing they taught was upper cervical adjusting. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really, i I think there's a lot of strength behind that and that's where it came from. There's gotta be something to it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but so my main focus is your C1. So it's your Atlas is what it's called. Um, and that being shuttled out of the way, that's, that's a very weak point in the spine. Um, where, when traumas happen, they kind of tend to go up to there and there's a misalignment that'll occur and that causes 
that's the area that your spine goes to to communicate with your brain. So if there is some sort of misalignment there, that's going to cause um, those signals to not be able to send and communicate correctly how they should. So I, I'm able to deal with on a daily basis. I see people with low back pain, headache, neck pain. Um, through school, I've seen people with this this girl. This was a fun story. She was a young girl. She was vomiting up to 20 times a day. Um and she was scheduled to go get a feeding tube put in. So we adjusted her neck and she vomited, I think, three times the next day. We came back, we adjusted her neck again, and she was done vomiting. She never vomited again. She didn't have to have a feeding tube put in. And the another one, there was a kid that was wetting the bed. He was, I think he was 14 and couldn't go to sleepovers, wet the bed every single night. And we adjusted his neck and just like that, it he never wet the bed again. So can you explain, because most people listening to this are like, yeah, right. right. I mean, like you probably were, right, as a Iowa football player going, yeah, right. How, how, in layman's terms, how is the anatomy doing that? How's the physique? Every single thing in your body has to pass through this area to communicate with your brain, right? The C1. So C1, yep. That's the yep. brain stem yep. area, right? So you have, you have, essentially you have, your nerves, all of your nerves come up to your spinal cord, then they run up your spinal cord, go into your brain, mm-hmm. right? Um, so misalignments happen throughout all, all throughout the entire body. But that's such a critical area right there that every single thing has to pass through there. So hormone issues, muscle issues, I've seen all kinds of crazy things just be dealt with just by essentially putting that bone back to where it needs to be. And I kind of, an easy thing to think about is you pinching off a water hose, right? Mm -hmm. If you pinch that water hose, that water's not going to be able to flow correctly. So I want to put that bone back, allow those, uh, those signals to communicate how they should and let your body function how it should. So, I mean, knowing which muscles to fire, knowing what hormones to release, knowing all that, getting that irritation inflammation, um, that's not allowing those signals to go correctly, removing that and allowing your body to function how it should is really what we're trying to do. Um, just, the body's an amazing thing, so allowing it to function how it should and not mm-hmm. necessarily chasing a whole lot of symptoms. Like, I'll have people come in, like, my low back. It's my low back. My low back's a problem. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to adjust your neck. And they get mad at me. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on, yeah. guy. And I'll adjust their neck. It, your body's able to know what muscles to fire, how to position things, lets things relax. Um, and their low back pain's better. They're like, okay, which doctor? How did you do that just by adjusting mm-hmm. my neck, you know? Um does that make sense? Yeah. Well, to me, it makes sense because obviously I understand the anatomy and I, I think it's important if you don't know anatomy is just even to go Google the uh, spinal column and the brain stem, the brain, and you'll see there's this area right at the base of the head and into C1 that's like the brain stem and that controls even involuntary functions, right? Like that keeps us breathing, that keeps our heart rate. There's a lot of things. And then, um, And then how that feeds down through the peripheral nervous system, right? Out into our arms, out into our legs. And that the, basically the wires that come through that area are the same wires that are going like down into your low back. And um, even things like when you see anatomy of like the pelvis, I think it's interesting too, that you do a very unique type of imaging and you're like the only guy in Montana that has this imaging. Can you explain that? So the the imaging I utilize, it's called a cone beam CT machine and a lot of dentists use it um, to do Mm -hmm. imaging on the teeth and the mouth. But um, certain upper cervical chiropractors have started to use it more to analyze images of the neck. Um, and it's faster than x-ray. It's instead of taking me 40 minutes to take the imaging, um, I can get it done in about 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. It gives me a 3d image, which I can rotate, manipulate. I can look at different slices and so forth. Um, it's less radiation than an upper cervical series. So I, I really fought hard. I wanted to get this in my clinic and I had to go to the board of chiropractors in Montana to get it cleared that this was in our scope of practice to use this machine. Um, I am the first chiropractor in Montana to have this, currently the only chiropractor in Montana to have this. But the the way we operate as well is every single person is an individual, right? Mm-hmm. One side of your face is different than the other side of your face. You have certain color hair. I have certain color hair. So the way your body is put together and the way your misalignment occurs is very, very different than how 
the next person I'm seeing is going mm-hmm. to. So what I need to do is I need to figure out exactly the angles you're put together, the exact degrees that your your neck has moved. And then that's what allows me to not have to do the whole bend, twist, shove, pop type of adjustment. Um, by knowing exactly how your put, body's put together and exactly how that bone's moved, I know exactly how to put it back with a very gentle – It 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 almost feels like nothing, right, when I do mm-hmm. it. But that's because every single adjustment that I do is specifically tailored to – each individual patient. Um, so when I do my adjustment, I'm contacting, it's it's kind of your the side part of your top neck bone. It's mm-hmm. called your transverse process. So I contact that. Usually I'm doing some sort of a torquing motion to get that to move back. And then I have a, it's a, it's a toggle drop headpiece and the headpiece just drops. So usually after people's first adjustment, they look at me like, that's it? That's all you're going to do? Yeah, right. Right. Um, well, what's weird about it is it's so simple, but then like after you do it, like you feel it. Like it's weird. It's it's like, whoa, I can feel that. Um, what I like about the CT is so another piece of my health history that I really probably haven't ever shared on this show is that um, I had a pretty severe mountain bike accident in 2004 um, where I had a head trauma. And I had a cervical trauma. I actually had worse cervical trauma than head trauma. But uh, one of my lingering symptoms that came out of that um, injury was vertigo. Um, more like dizziness. So vertigo is like where you can't get out of bed and you're vomiting and stuff. But I would have just chronic dizziness. And I had that for probably three years for sure, full, full on, like every day. Um, and if you've ever lived with chronic dizziness, it is absolutely measurable. Like you can't. Like, go sit on a merry-go-round and then go try to, like, drive your car or try to do a math equation, you know. And I was in medical school, so it was brutal. Um, And nothing – there were things that I would do, but the biggest thing that helped was basically just high-dose nutrients because I had had a concussion and I had a brain trauma. So I had to – do and tons of, like, soft tissue. And I didn't fracture anything in my neck, but I had disc issues, And so I did high dose nutrients and stuff. And that seemed to help take the edge off. But when you did my CT scan, and and so over the last decade, I have this random vertigo. Now, it's not every day like I used to have, but there's certain actions. So before we moved here, we were moving and we would move furniture. And every time I would bend down, like we're going to pick up a dresser. And you know, you bend your knees and you put your hands under the dresser and then you're going to pick it up straight armed and it kind of pulls on your neck. So Ryan and I moved a bunch of furniture one night, the very next morning. And I seemed fine when I did it. The next morning I went to sit up out of bed and I literally fell over. I couldn't walk to the bathroom. So I had a classic vertigo attack and then that lasted for like, it got slowly better, but it lasted for probably a week or two, which would be my normal. Um, And then it slowly went away. And then we moved something else like a month later and I got the same exact thing. And then it was like all of a sudden I could put together. But you have this really um, advanced form of imaging where I could actually see like I could physically go like, oh, I get like why my neck does that, right? Which you can't get from an x-ray. That's the cool thing too about the technique and some people don't love it as much. But I don't – my favorite visits are where I don't have to adjust anybody. Um, because what I typically do, I lay out, you, you know, the old, like, oh, you go to the chiropractor once, you're gonna have to go for the rest of your life forever, yeah. right? Everybody's heard that one. And I have I have my battles with that as well as, you know, you don't eat a salad once and you're healthy. You don't go to the gym once yeah. and have a six pack. You know what I That's mean? That's a conversation yeah. I have with almost every exactly. patient. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But there's most, a lot of the people that I'm getting are middle-aged and older. They have been hard on their bodies their entire lives. And then they want one miracle adjustment and to be better, right? Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen at, at all. I need to get your body to into the position that it should be in. And since it's been out for so long, it wants to be there. That's what it, where it's strong in, right? That's mm-hmm. the position that it's strong in. That's what it's used to. So what I typically do, I design an eight-week care, like initial pretty intensive care plan where eight weeks is a healing time. You break a bone. Uh, mm-hmm. You put it in a cast for eight weeks, right? But I differ that from one person to the next. So 
80-year-old woman in a car accident, I'll probably see her three times a week for the eight weeks. Mm-hmm. If you're 10 and you fell off your bike, I'll see her once or twice during that time frame. Um, but what we're really trying to do there is make sure that your body's getting stronger and more used to this new position. And then that way, as you get stronger and stronger in that new position, we're able to spread visits out to every other week, once a month. Um, I eventually want to get to a point where I see people once every six months, you come in for a quick checkup or kind of like, um, you do something silly and I, you come and see me. But in those eight weeks, I mean, my favorite visits are when I don't adjust you. So you come in, I check you. I honestly, I usually try to not ask how you're feeling until I do my checks. So that way I'm not skewed in any way Mm -hmm. if I think there's anything out or not. So I, what I do is usually it's based on leg length inequality. So one leg shorter than the other one, um, different reflex tests to see if something's misaligned in the neck. And then I'll ask, Oh, how are you feeling? And I've had people get so mad at me like, Oh my gosh, I'm awful. I have a headache. I need to be adjusted. I was like, you know what? I will give you a free checkup tomorrow. You can rest if you want to, but I'm not adjusting to you today. You can't, you can't make me adjust you today just based off their symptoms. Well, I do think that you said something about the rest too. I think that that's really important because you don't just like throw us on the table when we come in, you put us on this weird rolly table thing. So you lay for five minutes, just five minutes, but it's crazy what five minutes of just laying there, no interaction with anyone. You're just laying there and you're getting that rolly thing on your back it just brings you down, right? Brings people out of sympathetic into parasympathetic. And so you're like, oh, you're relaxed. And then you do your your checkup and if you do adjustment. And then you have us lay on this other table that you designed that is brilliant. It's like a vibration table. Lay there for 15 minutes, like with a blanket on and like mood music or whatever. But I think a big piece of it is relaxing and having that time where your brain isn't overly stimulated, your nervous system's not overly stimulated and you're getting parasympathetic so that you can heal. And that's probably the other big difference too with your treatment. And that's why people are holding and their, um, their kind of overall symptoms are getting better because you can integrate it when you relax it. And and that's something I don't see a lot of chiropractors do. I don't think I've ever been like my grandpa would lay you down and massage you for 20 minutes. So you're totally like a jelly, like, Oh, whatever. And then he would adjust you. And it made a huge difference as compared to going in, you lay down, Oh, what's wrong? Crack, crack, crack. You get up and you leave, go back out into the crazy world. Every time I leave here, I always feel like, Oh, okay. I got to go back to work. And, but I'm much more relaxed. And I think that's another key too. Yep. And no, that's my typical protocol is I have people come in and then I put them, it's, it's technically called intersegmental traction, but Mm -hmm. that's not even close to fun to say. So we call it the rolly (laughs) table, right? Um, but what it is, it's got a big roller and it just comes up, stretches out the spine, opens up the disc space, lets all the blood oxygen nutrients in. And having people do that before I check them lets your body settle down. Like you said, so I get way more accurate readings off your leg length, off of your muscle stress test. Mm -hmm. than if you just came in off the street, someone cut you off and you're running behind and everything else, this lets your body settle down so I can get more accurate readings from it. Um, and then I check you. So you come in, I check your feet and you're either feet are even and you're holding and I'm super excited about it or you're uneven and we do an adjustment. Mm. And then after an adjustment, I always have people rest. Um, and man, these tables really came from trying to open a business and not spend as much money as possible. They have, they regu- are, you can make a whole business out of <laughs> you know, selling those tables. You, I might have to, you, you told will. me this a lot. Everybody, yeah. every patient I send to you, they come in, they're like, did you lay on that yeah. table? Yeah. I want one of those. <laughs> no. And so with this protocol, the technique that I do, we have people rest afterwards instead of doing an adjustment and then sending you out the door and you're getting in your car, you're trying to pull out of the parking lot, you're looking every direction and so forth. I really want your body to settle down and try and get used to that new position. Um, and they have resting beds and I think they're like 400 bucks a piece. They don't do anything. Mm-hmm. I was like, my buddy Colin, Colin's a wizard with building stuff. So I was like, listen, let's try and do this. So <clears throat> we just built a frame and got some foam from Home Depot, put some foam on it, put some legs on it, and then put a vibrating mat underneath. And then Lindsay, Colin, and I tried to figure out how to upholster it. Took a couple of tries, but yeah. we upholstered it. And then I always have these people 
some people say vibration is great for healing. I don't know. It's not going to hurt. So we have vibrating tables we put you on for 15 minutes. Um, whether you get adjusted or not, I have you rest. It's not going to hurt anything. It's going to help your body calm and settle down. And then I always put people on um, their cervical traction wedges just because nowadays our heads are forward all the time. Yeah. Reading, texting, studying, computer work. So no matter what, that's I always have people rest just because it's going to help your body heal. It's going to help your neck try and get back into the position that it should be in. Um, and no, these these tables are amazing. I always like, oh, I got 10 minutes. I'm going to go <laughs> lay down for a little I bit. I mean, so, like, and they're yeah, doing my charging yeah. on those things. Not that I get anything <laughs> done. But. Right, right. But no, and that's – so that's, that's kind of – like I said, I probably had to adjust you maybe three to four times during the entire yeah, 10 weeks that we've been, been seeing each other. Yep. Times. Yep. And that's, that's one of my favorites is we're spreading it out to where I'm probably going to see you maybe once a month for mm-hmm. a month or two. Um, but I'm, I'm way more least invasive than most to where I don't want to overdo it. Cause I've seen people like, Oh yeah, I'll adjust your neck and then your low back and then your pelvis and then your mid back. And it sends you into a tailspin. So I don't want to overstimulate the body and cause undue stress and trauma to that upper neck area. I want that to settle down before we start doing too many other well, there's things. There's an interesting theory of I went, I went to the hospital. Symptoms. I went to a, the hospital, uh, the day a child was born and I've adjusted nine year old women, you know? Yeah. So it's, 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 good for everybody for sure so what do you just i mean obviously there's a lot of stuff out there like you know chiropractics or quacks hey i'm a naturopath naturopaths are quacks too so i i don't have any problem with that and everyone can have their own belief about stuff yep but the the whole idea of like chiropractors like it's not real medicine Mm -hmm. you don't know what you're doing Mm -hmm. you're just hurting people there's a lot of that out there no and i i 100 fell into the chiropractor quacks model before I started doing all this stuff. I went, when I started looking into chiropractic school, I didn't know I was going to have to go, we go for three and a third years. I'm like, I have to go to school to be a chiropractor for three and a third. What am I going to do for that long? (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, And all the different anatomy, physiology classes, all all of the pathology class, like, why am I learning this pathology stuff? This is ridiculous. So we learn all these kinds of crazy things, but the stigmas are always still there, right? Like these guys are quacks. They don't know what they're doing. They're causing strokes. Um, we kind of covered the, you have to go for the rest of your life type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't see that if, if you're, I, I love chiropractic. I think people are going to benefit from going chiropractic. I think personally, my opinion, if, if you're going to see a chiropractor once a month for your entire life, they're, they're not getting things corrected how they should. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I see people quite a bit early because I want to help restructure the body and get it strong to where it needs to be. But then I want to spread it out to where your body's my, – my goal is to get your body to be able to function and handle those outside stressors that come along and could – would put you out normally. Um, so like I said, my goal is to try and get it to once every six months. Um, we've always heard like, oh, the chiropractor's giving you a stroke, right? That's, yeah, that's a really that's common. One of the big Because there's obviously cases out there yep. where people have had upper, like they've had cervical manipulation yep. and they have, you know, mm-hmm. that happened. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the, we, we get hammered on this in, in school. Actually, the thing is, a lot of the stuff with stroke, people that are having those symptoms that supposedly stroke get a stroke from a neck adjustment, they're coming in, they're having the the symptoms of that are headache and neck pain which mm-hmm. if you're having headache and neck pain who are you going to go see right you go see a chiropractor mm-hmm. which it's the so some of the time they're already having it when they come in and get adjusted also it's the chiropractor's responsibility to know if if someone's having if someone comes in like I'm having the worst headache I've of my entire life I've never had a headache like this send him I'm you're going yeah. I'm calling the bus you're going for a ride yeah. I'm not touching you you know what I mean um it's it's very, very, very rare that it's because of a cervical adjustment, an upper neck, or any kind of neck adjustment that something like they that happens. They were already predisposed. Exactly, And exactly. they didn't, and, and medical care done. Exactly. Where no, they and were... that's, that's our responsibility too, you know? Yeah. I've, that's one of my favorite things with my imaging machine here is I know exactly what everything I'm doing is here. I've had multiple patients where I'm like, listen, you have something weird going on. And I'm not adjusting you until 
I'm able to see. I'm sending this to a radiologist. They're going to look at it. I, there's no reason to panic. I want to make sure that everything's fine before I adjust. And the radiologist is like, oh, good catch. There's this, this, and this. Oh, yeah, no, not a big deal. It's just a genetic variant, something like that. But it's our responsibility to be like, to understand and see, like, you know what? That looks funny. Some things, when I was in school, we were doing this every single day. I could tell you what looked like the X looks like this and so forth. Now I'm just like, you know what? That looks weird. I want somebody that's professional and does this every single day to look at this. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy, I've sent him to an ENT. I sent him to get more imaging done and it came back and they're like, good catch. Not going to be an issue. But if I'd have adjusted him and he got messed up, that's on me, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's our responsibility to know. And if someone's not getting results, they're having the same pain over and over again, or they're getting worse, that's our responsibility to be like, oh, hey, maybe we should send you. And that's that's where I love having people like you or physical therapists or anybody else on my team that I'm like, hey, listen, I'm, I've, we've gotten to a point where I think you should be noticing some results, but you're not. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to send you to Dr. Hillary, mm-hmm. or now I'm going to send you to go do some stretches and exercises or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's and every big... time you see a patient that has the stranger and peculiar thing, yeah, it just teaches you one more time that there's just stranger and peculiar things exactly. out there. Like I had a patient, I even consulted with you about her. She had imaging done by an ENT because she was having tongue numbness and like pain in her neck and her eyes and tongue numbness and like weird things. She has an eagle syndrome, which is the styloid process is extra long and it pushes against the nerve that feeds the tongue and all this. So... I had never seen Eagle Syndrome and I have no idea all the cool things that are out there that could really help them live a quality of life. Yep. And get more quality years, you know. More quality years. Health span. A longer health span. Exactly. Right. We have lifespan. Mm -hmm. We have health span. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, in this country, health span is very short. Right. Yeah. I want to be able to run up and down mountains when I'm 60, 70 years old, you know, and seeing a lot of the people that I do, it's, it's, it's scary watching some of that stuff. It's like, oh my God, like where were the decisions that led to this? Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm, I'm 29 and I avoid it. It's like, oh yeah, I should probably go see. So, and so I should probably go see the dentist more often. I should do this. Well, I think the younger you start and I do attribute this, you know, to my parents, um, you know, having a garden, I attribute probably being exposed to my great grandfather, you know, being exposed to what he did having a family that was very open to holistic medicine to start with. Um, having gone into naturopathic, you know, I was in massage, then I was in nutrition, and then I was in naturopathic school. All these things in my 20s and 30s exposed me to the fact that we're going to age. Like, you're 29, I'm 46. Like, someday you will be 46, hopefully, right? But when people see me sometimes, I can sit across from a patient who's my exact age and she will look 10 years older than me and she will have problems that are 10 years older than what I experienced. But I'm not immune from problems as you, I've, I've like aired all my problems on this podcast, but I also having had that early exposure when I, when I was your age, that's transformed the way I age. So I may not take as good a care of myself as I used to in my 20s because I didn't have children and it was just me or and Ryan, but you know we did what we wanted. I spent a lot of self-care dollar on myself. I went to all this education. I learned about food. I learned about nutrition. I, and I was lucky to have that as a young child. But I also like know that it's a constant battle and that when I sit across from somebody my same age, you know, the circumstances that led them there and the circumstances that led me here, I feel like where I'm at is because when I was your age, I woke up and I realized like I can't eat crappy food. I can't drink all night long. And, you know, I, um, I can't not exercise. And even though I had a lot of stress and I went to medical school and I had kids at an older age, those are really the foundational pillars that help me realize that as I get older, I want to look younger. I want to feel younger. And I don't like want this nagging freaking back pain holding me back, right? And making me feel old. And I think a lot of us get to this point where we're just like, oh, I'm just old. How many times do you hear that? I'm just old. Yep, yep. Getting old. Like I have 40-year-olds say to me, I'm just old. Yep, and I'm like, yep. dude, you're not old. Yeah, you're right? 40. Yep. Like you your life is life. starting right now. Like wake yep. up. Yep. And, but this is this cultural thing that we've taught people is that, oh, you just get old. That's what happens. Well, yeah, maybe back in my grandparents' day, 
because like 50 was old. But dude, I'm close to 50. That's not very old. I don't want to think 50 is old. Um, and this is where being proactive and the younger you start and the younger you realize that you are going to get older and that you need to age gracefully, you don't want to be a burden on the healthcare system, on your family. I mean, if we all just lived with the thought that someday I am going to die in my bed and never be a burden to anybody, we probably would make much more, much smarter choices in our life, right? And that's, that's like my lecture. I just tell people like, and um, we just did the Western hunting summit, you know, and I did a talk on a lot of stuff. The guys are all like, uh, whoa, this is like going over my head. I could kind of see it. But my main spiel is you have one body, at least in this lifetime, whatever you believe. What in the hell are you doing? And the number one thing I get from guys in, in the hunting industry is I want to hike mountains till I'm 80. Do you think the statistics are for you to be hiking a mountain at 80? They are so far against you. Talk about a hill climb. You are not going to be hiking hills at 80. That's statistically what's going to happen. You may not want to be hiking hills at 80, right? A lot of people are like, they don't want to do that. That motivation changes. But what you just said, I want to be hiking mountains till I'm old. Um, the statistics are stacked against you. So if you don't really get into like taking care of yourself and understanding this and dealing with your stress and having healthy relationships in your life and surrounding yourself with really positive people, um, it's all stacked against you and you're not going to be hiking a mountain at 80. So I just say, you know, you got one body, you got one lifetime. What are you doing with it? Learn about yourself. Don't just walk around in pain, popping right. insides all day right. long because you don't need to. Yeah. And then you're just covering up the symptoms. You're not making yeah. anything better. No. You're just covering symptoms. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. So that's my lecture. <laughs> but I think it's, I think it's so cool to see someone as young as you doing this um, to, to be so successful. I have no doubt that you will be booming. Um, and if anybody lives in Bozeman or you live in the greater Gallatin Valley or you live anywhere that you can come see Dr. Bowl, I would highly recommend it. Um, and tell people how they can get a hold of you. Yeah. So like I said, my uh, clinic's name is Pursue Wellness Chiropractic. We are right here in Bozeman. Um, we have social media. Uh, pursue wellness chiropractic on instagram um, we have a website it's just pursue wellness Cairo. you can schedule appointments read a little bit more about us and then for our phone number here is 406-624-6404 so yeah anytime you want to discuss shoot an email anything like that i'd be more than happy to talk some chiropractor see if we could help you out and you hunt right I we do talked hunt. about that yes so yes, I do. that was another reason i thought it would be good to have you on here because yeah. um you, you know, if you're a hunter and you want a chiropractor who's, yeah. you know, going to talk with you about this, right. he talks about, you talk about it with oh, me yeah. and I don't know. Oh, yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, I work, I like to work it in with a lot of my patients. I, I'll have, I'll have hunting I know one of my patients is like, did you see Dr. Bull scope yep. himself Scoped when he myself. went bear hunting? Yep. And I was yep. like, yeah, I saw from, it. Far from, per from, I never said I was a good hunter. I do, I hunt, Not, but no, it's. I, I, I like the opportunity in doing what I'm doing too. Cause I mean, I have a wide range of patients and I've talked hunting with vegans, you know, yeah. and having the ability to be able to talk with all these people about this stuff. It's amazing. And I've had, I've had vegans honestly be like, you know what? I would, I would eat meat knowing that you harvest it and I would go hunting with you. So the, that avenue of opening those doors up to people has been pretty amazing as well. Well, it's so, all education, right? Yeah. Just like about your health and, mm -hmm. and like what we've tried to do with Hunt and Harvest Health is like. Here I am, yep. a non-hunter hosting yep. a hunting podcast because right. my husband never seems to be on here yeah. hardly ever. He is sometimes. <laughs> He's running but... <laughs> around all over the world hunting stuff. I was like, you should come to Dr. Bowles and do the podcast with us. And he's like, what are you guys going to talk about? I was like, well, if you're there, you're probably going to talk about yep. hunting. Yep. Yep. And he was like, oh, but he had the kids to take care of this yeah. morning. And um, But I think that education is the key. And, yep. and the more that – I mean – I'm sure anybody who comes in here just falls in love with you. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, you hunt? Like, <laughs> oh, I might like hunting right, too. Right, like, right. Because I think the perception of hunters For sure. has been so stereotyped and it's really changing. Yep. And 
and the 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 way um, in which you talk about it and respect the animals and all the things that you do. Um, I think that that's what we're trying to you know show show the world mm-hmm. is that this is a way of life for a lot of people that sustains them and helps them be for healthier sure. people. For sure. And um, by spreading that word, you know, I think that I think that's good so that we yeah. don't fall into those traps. Yep. And um, yeah, so. No, that's I, pre- awesome. I appreciate the opportunity and be more than happy to, to help people maintain that quality time like you talked about. Yeah. So that's one of my biggest goals, keep people out in the woods and happy and healthy and doing the things that they want to do. I was, I was given my quality of life back through chiropractic and that's, that's what I love to do. So. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to post a picture of you. Perfect. And then I'm going to take a picture of your football picture oh, over boy. there. Literally not <laughs> even Jake. recognizable. Big Jake. Like the eyeballs. Yep. Oh, there he is. <laughs> I see him. Oh yep. my gosh. Yep. Yep. I wouldn't, I would never. Yeah. I would just be like, what? Yeah. So you look way healthier now. I've, it's, like it's about a hundred pounds ago was that football picture. A hundred so. <laughs> pounds. That's yep. crazy. Yep. And no, and that's, you know, it's, it's kind of like you said you, with, with your spiel, it's not, it's it's the little choices and the little battles to get that way and yeah. little choices throughout the day. So and I was I was proactive about it. I was like, you know what? I'd start reaching for that piece of cake and I was like, you know what? Let's let's go with the carrot. Right. So yeah. you know, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well thanks, Dr. Yeah, Bull, Jake, for you. being on here. That's awesome. It's All been right. fun. Cool. Have a good day. Awesome. Bye. Hey folks. Thanks for listening to the Hunt Harvest Health Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. You can also message me at stahealthyhunter, that's S-T-H, and I will be more than happy to answer any questions you might have. Also tag your photos, Hunt Harvest Health, or Get Stealthy, as we enjoy seeing what you guys are doing as well. The Stealthy Hunter website and the Hunt Harvest Health podcast is for general health information only. This podcast is not to be used as substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment of any health condition or problem. Any questions regarding your own health should be addressed to your primary care physician or other health care provider.